0: Today, Mr. William Hamilton, the fourth. Is that how, that, is that how the Roman numerals work? <laughs> That's
1: the one. That's the okay.
0: one. <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, is that a six? Uh, William is the co founder um, of Smart Center and Smart Path, um, and has dedicated the last 10 years to helping 1,000 tax and accounting firm owners scale their practices and take back control over their work. I love it. That is the shortest bio I've ever been
1: <laughs> Keep it sweet. Keep it simple. <laughs>
0: um, so my first question is always the same. Okay. Um, so what was your first job?
1: That's funny. Um, my, my first job that I made money at was really interesting. Um, I got paid a dollar a day to walk an elderly uh, neighbor uh, who had a stroke, just take her for a walk every morning. Um so Monday through Friday before school, I would go over to Adele's house and we would just take a walk around the neighborhood for like 30 minutes so she wouldn't fall. <laughs> um and I was like 11. Uh and then I started um I lived on the East Coast, grew up on the East Coast, so started lawn, lawnmower service in the summer, did snow shoveling in the winter, that whole thing. Um but my first like real job where I actually earned a W2 was restaurants. I worked uh, I worked in restaurants, so I'm a hospitality customer service guy at heart. <laughs>
0: I think everybody should start in restaurants,
1: yeah, I mean it's just until you until you've gone through it and like have felt it it's just so many transferable skills you can't get it anywhere else
0: i totally i always say that like my first first job was childcare, yeah. but then it was restaurants, yeah, you know restaurant after restaurant after country club, and there's you don't deal with more personalities than anything out any other you know customer service job i think yeah
1: and there's there's something very um very uh visceral and intense about having to talk to people about food and be like oh we just dropped your steak on the floor so you can't eat sorry and like having to say that to somebody's face you know <laughs> like it's it's a skill that you need to get in life to be able to have that face-to-face interaction i don't know
0: yeah and it's multitasking it's managing you know because you usually have to manage your whole section like yep. you know managing a you know people yeah. in some way and
1: it's your own tiny little micro business.
0: It is almost yeah. a tiny little micro business, and then like when you're shift lead, then you're you know managing the other servers on top of your own micro business, and yeah, I think yeah. everybody should start in restaurants.
1: <laughs> it's it's funny, like as a server, you know which tables have worked in hospitality and which haven't. Like you can tell if someone's ever worked in a restaurant.
0: Just yeah, really. within the first five seconds.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's always like the super gracious people who totally understand <laughs> that it's not your fault <laughs> that the kitchen. Can stuff out like I'm not making the food how do I do that yeah yeah I can't tell you how many times that I've got yelled at for the kitchen and I'm like do you think I'm making the food
1: yeah yeah it's human beings on human beings here we got several levels of it <laughs> it's yeah. gonna happen when it can it's
0: awesome it's yeah, awesome
1: yeah
0: so you actually ended up being a corporate restaurant store opener
1: yeah, so um, super, super fortunate. Uh, the restaurant company that I worked for, um, when I started with them, uh, a couple years afterwards, they went into super high growth mode, and I became a, a certified trainer with them. Um, I got to open several locations across Southern California. And that that was amazing because literally, you know, they would buy a, a location, they would build it out, and then they would send in the training staff. We had six weeks to get anywhere from 60 to 85 employees completely trained to run that restaurant so that we could go back to our stores and the mm-hmm. new restaurant could run on its own. And it's just, it was, it was such an incredible experience because it was fast paced and you had a very specific ob- objective that was very difficult, um, but they gave you all the tools you needed to succeed. And so I loved, loved, loved that job. Probably more than anything I've ever done just because it was such a challenge, but it was so fun.
0: Um, yeah, I um, actually, one of my, my first restaurant job was in a new open. So I went through like that whole like new open process.
1: It's intense, right? People are like crying in the back and throwing up and like, it's crazy.
0: I was but, just a buster at that point. So they were just like, here's the bit. <laughs>
1: right. And I was
0: like, cool, I can handle this. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I can do this, I promise. Yeah.
0: Um, and it wasn't on the border. So it was like, okay. this is also how you make tortillas. And I'm like, okay. <laughs>
1: who doesn't need to know how to make tortillas yeah
0: yeah no <laughs> yeah I love it. so, Yeah, it's just funny like I do remember people being like super stressed about it I had friends that were going into servers and they were like I have to learn the menu and do the thing and I'm just like I just have to bust tables
1: <laughs> <laughs> how How old were you though
0: uh I was 17 I think
1: okay See, so, so it's still I mean that's a lot you know it is it's well, a yeah. that environment's a lot when you're young
0: especially when it's like a brand new open right because right. then you're doing like trial runs and you know bring your family and friends in and I'm like hi I'm busting tables
1: so. <laughs> yeah nobody knows what's going on yet at that point so everybody's just yeah figuring it out
0: yeah it is very interesting um so you also were a mortgage banker
1: I was yeah so, a little bit? <clears throat> yeah absolutely so um I've always had multiple jobs at one time. So I worked at the restaurant at night and then, um, and then I was going to school and then, uh, started getting into real estate. And that was the most of what I did before I started this company, um, was financial services. Um, I have my California life health annuities license. So I learned all the insurance side. I have my real estate license. So I learned real estate and real estate finance. Um, I also have my series 65 investment advisory license. So I've just tried to really, throughout my career understand the ins and outs of money and how mm-hmm. money flows through people's lives. And, and I'm a very detail oriented person and I'm not an engineer, but I have somewhat of an engineer's brain. So I have to understand something if I'm going to explain it to somebody else first. Um, so yeah, I love mortgage banking. Um, Southern California at that time, it was a huge industry. Uh, at the time that I got hired, I was uh, the youngest person out of a 2,500 person company. Oh, um, wow. So it was cool. It was, it was another challenge, but I did great at it and I made money and I learned a lot and uh, made a lot of awesome connections, which I think is a huge thing that people don't get when you're a small business. You know, if, if it's just you or one other, a few other employees, you don't have the built-in network that you kind of have a larger company. Mm-hmm. So I'm super fortunate of having that job at that time in my life because it's helped me out a lot.
0: That's awesome. So um, how did those two positions kind of inform what you do? Now, the smart sirens
1: weren't Yeah, I think um, I think with mortgage banking specifically, um, the workload at that job was pretty incredible. Six days a week, twelve to fourteen hours a day. You're required to have six to eight hours a day of talk time on the phone. So just the just the raw um, muscle building skills of being on and talking to people and just you know being able to slog through it like that was huge. Um, and not that what I do now is a slog, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but just the mindset of, hey, we have to do whatever we have to do to get the job done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, the restaurant industry plus that, you know, it kind of, kind of taught me how to just not give up on something until you get it done. So I think that's been super powerful with this company is, you know, I work with small tax and firm owners and a lot of times they're overwhelmed. And so you just have to say, okay, what are the things that we can control? What are the mm-hmm. things that we need to let go? And what is our focus need to be? and you know, it's it's been helpful with all that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So how did you get started with working with accounting firms through Smart Center and Smartpad?
1: Yeah, so my co-founder who you've met, Chris Bassam, uh one of the-
0: <laughs> He's the avatar, I still don't know <laughs> is my
1: avatar. I know, <laughs> I know. He, uh, he, we've been good friends for a long time and um, he's had some pretty awesome success from his approach of doing what he did. And it was just- <laughs> Just oh. serendipitous. Uh, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Sorry. He just wants to be on the fun. It's okay.
0: No, he just likes to bark at things. So. <laughs> He's just keeping me safe. I don't I, I don't know it. what the threat is. Plastic bag of some sort. Sure. I
1: love it. I love it. Um but yeah, no, it was just it was just serendipitous because um i met Chris at a time and his firm where he was really ready to start helping other people mm-hmm. um, and he didn't have the bandwidth to do it so it was just a perfect time for me to join and and um, i've loved every second of learning this industry it's such a unique industry um, because tax accounting firms are in bed with so to speak so many other small businesses and have such a huge impact on the small business world through this through this job i've been exposed to more small businesses than i ever thought would be possible with one person so it's been awesome
0: that's so cool yeah um so tell us a little bit about smart path and that program um how it came about Mm -hmm. um and then you know kind of just an overview of how it helps firm owners
1: yeah so the overview of what SMART Path is, it's basically an education and training process where we'll uh, engage with a small firm, or part, we'll partner with them, and we'll help them just focus on and work on the two or three things that they need to do to move the needle towards their success.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're, it's boots on the ground, it's we're in there helping you and giving you the things that you need um, to try to reach your goals faster. And I think, I think that one of the biggest issues with most small business owners is the fact when you own your business, you can do anything. So you don't know what to do because mm-hmm. you can literally do anything you want to do and as so, a tunnel vision too. though. Yeah. So it's like, okay, how do we, how do we focus on the key levers that we know are going to have the most impact? And so we just mm-hmm. help small firm owners do that until, until we get the results they want. Um, so it's, it's very A very specific process, step by step, very linear. You got to do the right things in the right order. You got to focus on the right stuff and forget about everything else.
0: What your accountants love, make it linear,
1: (laughs) right? Tax return A B C D. (laughs) So, so yeah, so that's that's what it is, Um, and it really just came about from you know the concept of of Chris's firm. Um, He's always had a unique approach with helping his clients, and Mm -hmm. so we just figured out, okay, how do we take what has worked in his firm, and how do we replicate that with any firm? And so, over the last 10 years, we've just, you know, through trial and error and a lot of hard work, um, figured out, okay, this is the stuff that works, this is the stuff that doesn't, and here's how you get there.
0: I love how we met. I right? I did one, do you remember how we met?
1: So, were you originally on one of our webinars?
0: Yeah, so I was originally on one of the webinars, and I was going through, I think I was going through it later, about like, I don't know if it was the big why or about training your clients. And I was like, they have to have a program about this. And I think I just emailed you. (laughs) You And I was like, "Uh, can you teach me how to do this? (laughs)
1: Can you take my money, please? Can you? And you were (laughs) like,
0: well, we're planning on teaching people how to do this. So you're (laughs) a guinea pig.
1: (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: And that's how we met. I was like, "Uh, just teach me how to do the thing. Because I don't want to recreate the will.
1: Yeah you know,
0: everything you guys were saying about, you know, creating, creating, creating an environment where the client knows what's going to happen and you know, what's going to happen and expectations are being met, um, and creating boundaries around your time and around what you do provide and don't provide. And all of those things just like super resonated with me. Um, because that's what I wanted to, you know, that's what I needed and that's what I had wanted to do with my firm. And then, you know, things just kind of
1: go like this
0: and you're like, <laughs> and reel it all back in.
1: Yeah, we, l- l- having clients in any industry is like having a puppy. You got to feed it. You got to care for it. You got to make sure it's healthy. So, mm-hmm. wh- what environment can we create to allow that to happen? You
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, teach it, teach it. You know, how to engage with you. you yeah. know You let the puppy do the puppy teeth all the time. You're going to bite you all the time.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I- actually had a puppy the other day that I was playing with and it kept trying to puppy teeth me and every mm-hmm. time it would puppy teeth me I was like
1: right no
0: and then I'd go back and pet it and, and it would be like and I'd be like no and like literally two times after that it was like oh okay cool like we know it. how to engage yeah yeah that's but, the same with our clients I think a lot of the time
1: yeah and and I think and I'd be curious what you think Jamie like that dynamic between someone who's paying us money. Yeah. That, that almost puts us in this weird psychology of servitude, you know, like, Oh, you're paying me money. So now somehow I have to be your servant versus you're paying me money. Now it's my job to tell you what to do to get the best results. Yeah.
0: I have a, I have a lot of things to say about that, I guess. Um, so the first thing I would say is, you know, most of us come from W2, you know, transactions, Mm -hmm. um, which we were somewhere in a hierarchy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's this, it's this, you know, industrial age idea that whoever's paying you is the boss of you, right? Um, which is hard to, I think, get around mm-hmm. in, in our minds a lot of the time. Um, and then the other thing I would say about that is understanding your value mm-hmm. and what you bring to the table completely flips that on its head, right? Um, because then, then it just it feels deserved. Instead of earned, sometimes mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. that make sense? For sure. And I think, and I think a lot of you know a lot of the work I do, especially with my female small business owners, um, is helping them understand that their time has value.
1: Right.
0: Um, and their emotional labor, their mental and emotional labor has value because we care.
1: Right.
0: A lot of the time, a little bit more than potentially our male car- counterparts do, and I think a lot of the time we do more therapy than they do. I know a lot mm-hmm. of like my clients will call me and it will kind of almost feel like more of a emotional therapy call sure, and like a strategic call, which is fabulous. And I'm happy to do that. Mm-hmm. That has a value. For sure. And so it's very interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like I just really feel like people and un- like feel like that whoever's paying them as their boss. Right. Cause we come from those structures.
1: I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I think the other thing that adds to that would be, um, just the concept of what you're really exchanging for money. So if if I'm paying someone money, uh, I expect a result. And if you need to yell at me to get that result, if you need to tell me to stop doing something to get that result, if you need me to change my behavior in order to get that result, it's your job as a professional to educate me about how I can get my result through you, through the money that I paid. And And I feel like that's a huge step that a lot of professionals skip is the person already paid you they want the result now it's your fiduciary responsibility to help them do whatever they need to do to get that and it's not you being mean it's not you overstepping boundaries it's not anything emotional it's just they want something you got to figure out i give it to them yeah and, and if you do have to be stern or objective or <clears throat> excuse me say things that they don't want to hear well so be it that's what they're going to need to get the result that they want and we have to be willing to to be in that uncomfortable space for a little bit and hold ourselves out as that person.
0: Yes, and I think creating structures and processes around how we do things and just bringing everybody on board to that mm-hmm. makes those things happen faster. And it's like I can't get you your result because you haven't done the things I've asked you to do. Right. Don't ask me for a tax return. <laughs> if you haven't uploaded the documents. Like yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's not it's not a personal request. Like it just needs to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, everybody yeah. does it. You yeah. know, everybody is required. Right. you different. <laughs> you know.
1: You're special. You're not different. you're, yeah, you're special, different. but you're not
0: different. You know, we have our processes per, for a reason. And we right. make it easy on our clients as in, as possible. Yeah. I have never sent out a 100-page organizer in the mail. I will never do that.
1: <laughs> no, gosh, that's terrible. Yes. thank yes. terrible. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> terrible.
0: Um, because I don't want that. Right. You know, I wouldn't want that from my professional who's supposed to be doing the work for me, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is about, like, bringing people onto the processes, too, you know. We have our workflow for a purpose so that we can get you that result in as much quality and time as possible.
1: Right, and the 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 devil in the details there or the nuance there that can be easily overlooked is, where well, we – we do have to take the time to have a defined written standard or else, how are we going to hold someone accountable to a standard? Mm-hmm. If you never tell the kids bedtime is 10, then of course they're going to get upset every time you tell them to to bad, right? We have to have a standard and same thing with our clients. Like here's the standard it's defined for this reason here's why it's going to help you. But if we skip that step of defining it, then of course we're going to have all kinds of different workflows and all kinds of different pushback and friction. And that's that's I think one one easy win for a lot of small business owners is okay, what are the standards? How do we define them? How do we get them on paper? You know, let's start there.
0: And I think a lot of the time for a small business especially is boundaries around their time. Mm-hmm. Um I rarely take just phone calls. Right. You right. know, yeah, yeah, you know, schedule the time. I, I have a thousand acuity options. Yep. Um don't just call here and think that I'm going to do like a drop session, discovery session like the minute you call. Like I have boundaries around my time so I can take care of my clients.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, once
0: you're a client, we're taking it. Our focus is you. Right. You know, so bringing in new clients, you know, there's boundaries around that yep. and qualifiers for that because then I, we will be making sure that our time is boundaried around you.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's the it's the it's a million little things that add up to a big experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's yeah. completely off. We
1: just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, tell me what the smart path. Um, what does the smart path process look like, um, and what are some results you're seeing from that? So yeah. you know, I went through it what two years ago.
1: Yeah, so um, it's definitely evolved and changed and always will evolve and change. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's what do we have to do to make it the best it can be? But uh, the, I think the biggest key thing that we hit right off the bat is first we got to decide as the firm owner, um, what is it that you want? And not in like a dream board, let's just play in the clouds, you know, type of what you want. Like, no, how much money do you want to make exactly every month? You know, what are your bills every month? Um, how many hours do you want to work per week? Like you said, what do those boundaries look like? And really doing a process that we call of, of success mapping to figure all that out. Um, then once we have your success map, now we can start building an action plan and objectives to get you there. And the action plan is always very straightforward because you know nothing's new under the sun. Um, the secret to success is there is no secret. You just got to do the right things in the right order to get whatever result you want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the action plan is always the same things. You know, First, we need to take... The, the nebulous services that you're offering that may or may not have value, that people may or may not really care about. And we have to create a defined product that someone can see and understand and buy from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then once you have that product, uh, you gotta learn how to deliver it. So from the moment someone exchanges money, how do you actually deliver that process to them? What are the worksheets? What are the boundaries? What are you know, the agreements that they're signing? Um, then once you know how to deliver it, okay, how do we attract and convert people into our new model? So who do we want to talk to in the great, big, wide world that's going to be our ideal client? What do we say to them and not say to them to attract them? And then if we have existing clients that need to move to a new model, you know, how do we handle that conversation? And how do we transition that new client over the new process so that one's feelings gets hurt and they're you know, happy about the change and all that good stuff? So it's, it's really just trying to create clarity around what you want and then helping align our process to get you what you want faster, I guess is the best way to say it.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys like I knew the concept of like pack, like packages and recurring revenues. I just didn't have like the ability to understand how to put that stuff together. The framework. Um, like and we have since revamped once, and I'm in the middle of another revamp, um, because it is it, it's it's growing and evolving for what my clients want and what right. they. You know, right. I can't provide value if the client's not using that thing. Right. So, you know, if most of our clients are not using this thing, I'm just going to cross it out and find something that that is valuable.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're huge, and, and this comes a lot from just who me and Chris are as people. Um, I've, quote, unquote, been in sales my entire life, but I hate <laughs> the concept of sales. Right I, I don't believe in business you should ever have to sell anyone. If you have to try and convince someone to do something that they don't want to do, sure you might make a sale that day, but it's not going to be a viable relationship for either party. So, you know, with you and your clients and you creating your products, it's not about selling someone. It's just mm-hmm. aligning what help you need and me being able to get paid for that help in a way that I feel good about. You know, it's right. it's really that simple. And and that's that's such a that's, that's such a huge thing that I think. Any small business owner, if you can get to that point in your career where you feel like you don't ever have to sell anyone anymore, mm-hmm. it just it just relieves so much anxiety and so much stress, and it puts you in a position that all I'm here is to help and to solve problems. That's it. Yeah. And if you have a problem I can solve, I can I can help you.
0: And it's it's so freeing for me, especially to have that recurring revenue, you know, happening.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't have to think about billing. Right. You know, unless. You know, we're working on something else, but I literally send like three invoices a a a month. Like, everything else just happens.
1: And you can focus focus on on, helping.
0: Yeah, I can focus on the client. Yeah. You know, I can focus on you know how do we how do we provide more value? How can we do all these things? Because I'm not worried about you know invoicing and doing a lot of that admin stuff that really is still my job because it's so tiny. Right. (laughs)
1: Even think about when you get introduced to a potential new client, you never go into that meeting thinking, oh, I need to sell you to be my client. Like that's not the point.
0: No. And a lot of the time at this point, we're qualifying them to be our client.
1: Right. You know what? And and that's, that's the beautiful thing about the initial conversation. Once we take sales off the table, I'm not going to try to convince you to do anything. Mm -hmm. This might not even be a good relationship. Let's just talk about what you need and what's valuable for you to solve in your life. Yeah. You know, and it, you start that conversation there. It just it unleashes so much like negative energy around it.
0: Absolutely. And what I love actually had a discovery session last, last week, um, where the guy hasn't even started his business. Like he's in the middle, like he's in startup mode still. And I was like, I can't provide you any value under our packages right now. Like right. you're a great person. And I'd love to have you as a client when you're making money.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But I I can't, in my good conscience, deliver right. anything to you at this point.
1: Right, right.
0: So call me in six months when it's rolling, when you're moving and shaking, and then let's see what we can do for you.
1: And, he, and, the, and the beautiful thing is he probably will because he gets it now. He gets where you're coming
0: from. Yeah, I think so. He goes, well, that's fair. And I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. not trying to bring you in to bring you in. Like, right. I want to be able to help you. Right. And if we can't do that, then I'm not... I'm gonna tell you right now to call me later.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's really been one of the things that's been our secret of success is accountants are the furthest thing away from salespeople and the entire world.
0: Absolutely true.
1: You know, like the furthest thing. But the reality is we are we're all throughout our day with our family members, with our employees, with anybody in our life, we're selling but how can you do it in a way where you're not really selling, you're just explaining value and people are getting pick their pick what they want. Yeah. Um, and, and we teach that in a very specific, very granular, very real world way. And so I think that's probably the biggest differentiator in our space as we try to help firms start
0: there. I love it. Yeah. It's been super helpful for me. So good. good. Yeah. it just, you know, it helped me get a vision around like, okay, I am not their slave. Right. Right. Yep. Um, I don't have to work, 80 hours a week, which I'm like physically incapable to do, and great, let's build a firm that makes sense for the people we're taking care of. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So what is the, what are some of the greatest obstacles um, you see with firm owners um, that they need to overcome to do this work, to grow their practice?
1: That's such a good question. I think it's probably twofold. Um, the first one is the fact that most of our clients are already very busy. They're already running a quote-unquote successful business, mm. but it's killing them. They're not happy. They're, not, they're making revenue, but they're not necessarily making profits. So literally shaking them enough to say, stop trying to do everything and let's just focus on a couple of things. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an obstacle that some firm owners just can't get over. They're, just, they just, you know, they're too used to doing it the old way. They're too used to thinking about things the old way and they just don't want to move. Um, and then the, I think the other biggest obstacle that we're seeing right now is just the, the uh, velocity rate of change in this industry uh, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act being passed this year and the things that are really, really affecting your clients. Um, clients' lives, financial lives are moving and evolving even faster than the, a lot of professionals can keep up with. So those are probably the two biggest things that we see that from firm or struggle with.
0: It's been interesting to see like in some of my Facebook forums like people just being like, I'm out.
1: I'm out. I don't want to do anymore. I'm done. And they should. They should. If you're not ready to do this fight right now, like you should. You should get out and go live the best life somewhere you can.
0: I know. I keep going. I need to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. (laughs) So I don't have to do the... Yeah. You know, it's just like my brain just hurts every single time I go through a new CPE on the, like they just put out the new QBI rec yep. recommendations yesterday. Yep. And I just signed up for like a $200 class because I'm like, I know this person can explain it to me and help me.
1: <laughs> right, right. Because
0: it's just so complicated. And so I can't then- imagine how, I can't imagine how people are going to be able to do their own tax returns this year. Right, right if you have any kind of business, you need help.
1: Oh, for sure. And that's, that's the challenge, right? The, the technical acumen that you need to have to stay relevant in this business on top of the fact that you just need to be an awesome small business entrepreneur. Like it's two really, really big tasks.
0: (laughs) It's huge. Sometimes I'm just like, can I just run the business?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's, that's the other cool thing, though, about this industry is the opportunity around some of that stuff. And I think mm-hmm. the only way you can do it moving forward is you have to balance, okay, what am I good at? What do I want to manage versus what can I automate? What can I just simplify?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's, so I just brought on an EA um, who's in New York. She's, okay. She's technically amazing. Awesome. And I'm like, fabulous. You do love tax it. returns.
1: <laughs> love it, love
0: it. I will review tax returns. You do them. I'll review them because I know she's done a ton of CPE and like she knows what's going on. Yep. Um, so I was like, okay, you might be teaching me. You know, I'm gonna go right. double check stuff. But <laughs> really, it's just so important to have those people who are more technically proficient, um, and who are willing to do that at this point. Like this whole tax cuts and jobs act really, really taught me that. I could be super technically, technically proficient in tax, and mm-hmm. I am. Right. But is that really what I want to do? Right. You right. know, like, is 50 or 60 hours of CPE really really what I need to be doing, or do I need to be making sure I can find somebody to do that for me?
1: Yeah. Do you feel like, like, how far along in your career did it take you to get to that point of acceptance where I don't need to be everything to everyone?
0: Um, I would say... I used to, the firm I used to work in was very, like, very specifically, like, not everything. Like, they never did, you know, data entry and original entry accounting. Like, we never did any payroll. Like, we never did any of those things. So, I already had permission to not be everything to everyone and to not do everything.
1: Right.
0: And I've never done my own payroll for the firm. I am a payroll expert. I could crank out payrolls for anything you need, but I don't do my own payroll. Yeah, I don't have to. Right, I don't need to. That's not a good use of my time. Yeah, in any shape or form. So um, you know, if I can't free myself up to not do not do everything, then I can't help my clients free themselves up.
1: That's huge. That's huge. So you so you got that a little bit even when you were working even before you started working for yourself. Yes, did that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I think that. But then I've learned how to do things I never never thought I would know how to learn. Like right. you know how to do? Like, I can set up a Mailchimp list. Like, no. <laughs> in it. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we just had our 20 year high school reunion. Yes, I'm that old. Uh, and um, and I created a Mailchimp for it. And everybody, like all the people that work in like corporations and stuff, are like, "How do you know how to do that?"
1: Yeah, you're a CPA. Like, what is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm a small business owner. Yeah. Skill set goes like this. Right. Like, I can make some pretty stuff in Canva. I can set up some MailChimp lists and I can create some tax returns. I
1: love it. I love it. And that, that, that mindset is another thing that I think is so crucial because look, look at any big corporation in the world, right? The, the CEO of Walmart, he's not you know checking bags. He's, he's, he has specific things that he does. Mm-hmm. And I think as small business owners or even micro business owners, we're so in the minutia that we just can't see ourselves in that role. Yeah. And there's little tiny things that you can do every day to start elevating yourself out of that role if you're strategic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something you got to think about, you know, how, how can I be making, like you said, the best and highest use of my time? I love that. Um, it's, it's, we call it the owner's pyramid where there's six different things you need to do in a firm. And the last thing you need to be doing is admin work. So the more, the higher up you can get on the owner's pyramid, the more profits you're going to have. And It's just it's just looking at it through that lens. That's all it is. It's just a different perspective.
0: Yeah, and understanding like, okay, I might be doing this thing right now, but I know that it's not a thing I want to be doing. Right. Um, and by what time do I, do I expect to have it off my plate? Yep. And how do I keep it off my plate? Right. <laughs> Instead of potentially taking it back, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Which is a
0: lot, which is really hard as a business owner. Because I find myself a lot of the time like being like, "Oh wait, just kidding. Mm-hmm. You got this. Let mm-hmm. me know. You know, if you can't figure it out, then let me know. But I'm not taking it.
1: Right. And having that having that ninety second mental exercise of hmm, what would really happen if I didn't do this or if I didn't do it and failed, right? What would happen if it really failed? What's the, is the world going to stop? Is the client going to leave me? You know, am I not going to love my spouse anymore? Like what's really going to happen? Right. And and the majority of the time it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. If we went through it.
0: Yeah. What is worst case scenario and what are the odds that's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of it too is freeing yourself up and freeing your staff up to make mistakes.
1: Right.
0: Um, You know, I was just talking to my bookkeeper the other day. I'm like, you don't have to know everything. It's okay for you to say, I don't know to a client. Right. um, And say, but I'm going to find the answer and go back to it. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to have, you don't have to be analysis paralysis on every question. You can say, I don't know and figure it out later. Right. You know, I don't know, but I will find the answer is completely acceptable and what what I would prefer. You know, we're just human. Yeah, we can't possibly know everything. We're going to make mistakes and if people can't be forgiving of that, they probably shouldn't be working with anybody ever.
1: Right. And if you can establish, this goes back to what we were talking about, about, you know, starting the client relationship off the right way. If you can establish with a client, look, I'm just here to help you and I'll do whatever's in my power to help. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you that you'll get value from whatever money that you pay me. If we can start there, then the client's gonna be way more lenient on any other of the friction stuff that they would have in another business relationship because they get where, they get where we're coming from and they get that even if we don't know an answer, we're still gonna figure out a way to help them.
0: Right, yeah. absolutely,
1: yeah.
0: Um, that's so cool. Uh, we totally went off again, where am I? <laughs> um, oh, okay, so we did kind of start talking about this, but you stay on top of, of the accounting rules and how it's changing. Like that's. Mm-hmm do is that market research and understanding like what's happening so can you give me some examples of what's coming up next yeah
1: um, I, we, we really see this industry um, and it's been moving in this direction for a long time but just again the velocity is going to move faster this way um, your accountant at the end of the day is just going to have to be your advisor if they're going to provide any value um, very, it's interesting when you look at another industry that's going through a lot of change which is the, um, the attorney world Lawyers, uh, self help legal, and the ability to create your own legal documents online and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's not changing as rapidly as the accounting world because a computer yet can't as efficiently and effectively um, manage real world language words. That's more difficult than managing numbers. Computers are really good at managing numbers. Really mm-hmm. good. So we see a future where the numbers crunching aspect of this industry will continue to get automated. It's going to happen at an even faster rate. So if we call it bricklaying, if a computer is doing all the bricklaying, what can you as an advisor really do to bring value to the client? Mm-hmm. And the thing that computers aren't great at yet is uh, helping you implement whatever your strategy or whatever the analysis told you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where an advisor can come in is do the, the critical thinking and the boots on the ground help of, okay, Mr. Business Client, you know, here's your revenue, here's your cash flow, here's your P&L. Uh, how are we going to get you from five million to ten million? Well, the the computer can analyze the data and give us a plan, but we still need to implement that plan. Mm-hmm. And, and the more tax accountants can get out of the number crunching role and get, get just automate the bricklaying as much as they can, so they have time to be the advisor role. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the firms that are going to absolutely just dominate in this industry because so many so many firms can't adjust quick enough, and clients will leave because they're not getting value. Um, so the firms that can do it will will pick up huge business over the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, and I do find that for me, you know, that that dreaming piece, that goal oriented piece, that, you know, helping people actually move towards things mm-hmm. is way more energizing and a better use of my time. Right. Else. Like that's light lights me up more than anything. You know, is watching people hit those hit those goals. It's like, wow, this is so fun.
1: <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's, it's the perfect mix because you have, you do have the technical acumen of being an accountant. You're detail oriented. You can break things down to the black and white. Um, you have a very deep understanding of money. I think um, as tax and accounting professionals, a lot of times we take, if it, uh, take for granted how deeply you do understand money just because of your job. Mm-hmm. And even if you have a small business owner who's making million dollars in revenue and the CEO of this great company, it doesn't mean he truly deeply understands money. And so you can take that, that help mentality and the, the ability to help him dream and help him articulate and, and architect a plan, but then add a unique value by understanding the money and the details side of it. And so that's why CPAs are the number one trust advisor, because they can mix those two sides of the equation so well.
0: Yes. And it's
1: yeah. so fun. <laughs> it's fun, right? Because you're so good fun. at it. Because you're good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because, because people people can tell you what their dreams are and, and you can be like, okay, let's put some numbers to that because mm-hmm. that piece they don't understand how to do a lot of the time. No right. shame. And I always tell people like, I'm not judging you around no. your accounting acumen or your money acumen or anything like that because I'm sure you're doing things in your business that I'm dropping balls on. Exactly. Like, because you have better acumen with understanding marketing or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, but like let's just put this where it belongs with the people with the money brain. <laughs> we can handle that for you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Let us handle it. Yeah. And with blockchain, I just can't freaking wait for blockchain. Right. Like I right. am excited for blockchain. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait for, you know, all the debits and credits to be done and the general letters to be fabulous. And then we can just do that higher level stuff.
1: Right. And it's it's one of those things where if you can understand how value has changed, like since the beginning of time, people's needs are what they need. We need to be loved, we need to eat, we need to drink, we need to make money to survive. People's needs don't change, just how they fulfill those needs changes. Um, you know, the the example that always comes up all the time is, is Blockbuster. People didn't stop watching movies one day, which is why Blockbuster went out of business. They just started taking movies in a different medium. And so... Um, my dad worked for uh, worked for the Yellow Pages for years and years and years. He's retired now. Um, but he at the end of his his career was a transition between um, the Yellow Pages and Google, and the company they worked for had a twenty five billion dollar market cap, um, and and now it's it's a penny stock um, because they didn't see how people's needs were changing. They didn't react, you know, in the right direction. So it's not it's not. Head faking yourself and thinking that the world is that different because in reality it's not. It's just we're fulfilling needs in different ways. So how do we align with that? Yeah.
0: yeah. And you know, people don't listen to it like we were just talking about this. People don't listen to radio, they listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? we, well, we still like our good. minds are listening to something.
0: Yeah, via audio now. Which is yeah. almost like came back around, right? Because they used to do like audio shows and stuff way back before you and I were born. Yeah. Um, but now it's back, you right. know, but it's just in a different medium.
1: So yeah. That,
0: and video,
1: so, so cool. Yeah, so companies companies will always need help growing. It's just let's you know the future is automating the stuff that computers can do and stepping into the stuff that we can do better for now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I know. Actually, was talking to uh, oh this account that I love. She and I are so super similar, and we were talking yesterday, and she's like, I went and bought ten ninety nines, and I'm like, why?
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. What? <laughs> but, like
0: paper ones?
1: Paper ones, like from stables, what?
0: Yeah, and I was like, did you open them yet? And she said, no, <laughs> and I go, go take them back. <laughs>
1: Return them, get your $12.99, please. <laughs> please.
0: And I'll send you a link to a place that makes your life a thousand times easier.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. i say their name, you? but we're
0: not sponsored yet, so.
1: Hit <laughs> me up. Love it.
0: All right, so tell me a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about Smart Center um, and how it's, Um, it's helping your small firms
1: grow. Yeah. So smart center is basically our practice management technology. So after, you know, 10 years of doing this, uh, we get to a certain point in the conversation with firms where they're like, Hey, I need help with actually managing my client data and managing what I'm working on with what client and the whole technical part of what you guys are asking us to do. Um, So a few years ago, we started building smart center just literally as, as a, as an option, as a tool to go along with the smart path so that if you could you know, use a tool to help automate some of the things that you need to do, you'd have an easy way to do that. Um, and the tax accounting industry is, is so interesting because it's a, it's a really a large industry. Um, but It's not sexy, right? I mean, taxes are not sexy. Nobody really cares, you know, it's taxes. So there's not a ton of really modern technology in this industry. Um, there's technology that can do some really cool, robust things, but I wouldn't say it's modern. It's really not cool. Mm-hmm. So, we're trying to bridge that gap of, okay, how do we take a firm who's doing really modern and cool things with their clients and then give them some really modern and cool ways to, to actually manage IT via technology? So that's Smart Center. I love it,
0: yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so before I ask my last question, um, where's the easiest, or what is the easiest way for people to find you?
1: Yeah, um, our website is smartpath.co, um, www.smartpath.co. Um, so if you can reach out there, I'd love to chat. Uh, I'm also uh, on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, William H 4 LA is my handle, so you can always reach out and shout out there.
0: Something about uh, basketball, I don't
1: know. Yeah, basketball, <laughs> Lakers, uh, whiskey, all that fun stuff.
0: hands, you're welcome.
1: Tray-hands, thank you. Uh, <laughs> my favorite bottle that I need more of, but I'll buy it. Um,
0: <laughs> you have to come to Colorado next time, sir. I
1: know. I want to. I wanted to actually see their spot. I wanted to wear it. <laughs> Yeah.
0: We'll go when you come see me.
1: That'd be awesome. That'd be okay. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. So last question. Um, if you could address one thing with every single tax and accounting firm owner um, on the planet, what would it be?
1: Um, it's probably one thing that I would address with every small business owner on the planet, tax and accounting firms included. Um, figure out the one thing that your client really needs help with and just do it. Um, so many times we get caught up in, what am I going to offer? What am I going to charge for it? And that stuff is all secondary to identifying what problems our clients really have. It's, it's the old treatment before diagnosis. The doctor can't treat you unless they diagnose you first. So figure out what is the most painful thing in your client's life and just solve it. And if you can solve it, I guarantee you can make money. I guarantee if you solve it for that one person, there's more people you can solve it for making more money. So I love it. Just simplify what you're doing as a business owner.
0: That's just that's just it. Just
1: simplify it. It. stop <laughs> yeah. doing everything. Be wow. smart about it.
0: I love it. Thank yeah. you so much, William. Really Thank appreciate you.
1: it. Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Hey, y'all! Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast to be inspiring helpful and entertaining, please like and subscribe. This helps us grow the community and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about this episode's guest or accessing any of the books or other resources mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out the description box below. Until next time, be abundant.